the happiest place on earth. Recently, we went to the happiest place on earth, and I got to be honest, it shocked me. That's it. That's all I'm saying in this intro. Today, I'm going to talk about what I saw, what I see, and what in almost 25 years in health and fitness I've seen. That's today on the Evolve Podcast. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast. Evolve your body, evolve your mind, evolve your soul, and evolve your tribe. And now it's time to disrupt. Welcome back to the Evolve Podcast, where evolved men and women come to disrupt, connect, and get inspired. We're cultivating a strong, lean body, an educated mind, and an evolved, purpose-driven heart are the status symbol of choice. I am your host, Steve Cutler, and today I'm excited to talk to you about the happiest place on earth. Now, before we get started, I want to talk, or I want to thank you for listening to the Evolve Podcast. You see, the Evolve Podcast is part of our passion to provide no cost to consumer content that will help you disrupt and evolve into your highest self. The Evolve Podcast and community continues to grow, and I want to thank you for listening. But I also want to make sure more people can find us to disrupt and evolve. If you haven't yet, can you do me a favor and give us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify? The ratings and reviews help us grow the show and achieve our mission of helping millions of people evolve into their highest version of themselves. And of course, I will love you forever. And now, on to the show. Today, I'm sharing with you, my fellow evolutionaries, my personal observations from spending the day at, quote, the happiest place on earth. That's right. Last week, my wife and I took our kids and their significant others to Disneyland. There were eight of us. And now this was a different experience than what we've had before. Our youngest is 17. Our oldest is 23. So we're experiencing the park in a new way, in a way that we haven't before. All eight of us are either late teens or, in my case, well beyond. We'll just leave it at that. So why am I telling you about Disney and our experience and what does this have to do with evolving? Well, it turns out that this place was a fascinating and somewhat depressing microcosm of what's happening in America and beyond when it comes to our health. Did you know that well over 70%, that's a super majority, 70% of Americans are significantly overweight or obese. That means that if you are, quote, normal in a healthy range of weight and body fat, you are in the minority. If you're an evolved man or an evolved woman who is lean, fit, strong, and has abs, you're probably in the top 10% or maybe even the top 5% of Americans. If you have abs consistently and you are truly evolved, you're most likely in the top 1%. So as a 47-year-old dad who maintains an average single-digit body fat throughout the year, what did I notice? about the 99% that don't. And what can we learn from it? Well, let's dive in. Today, we're going to delve into the fascinating topic that affects millions of Americans, how lifestyle factors have contributed to the rise of obesity. We'll explore the dramatic changes of our diets from the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and on, and our increasingly sedentary lifestyle. The alarming number of deaths associated and contributed to by hypokinetic diseases. So what is a hypokinetic disease, you might ask? Well, it's a disease caused by lifestyle factors, more specifically hypo, meaning low, 
below, down, or under the average, kinetic meaning movement. So a hypokinetic disease is a disease that's caused by low movement. I did a tweet storm on my Twitter account uh, the day after Disney. So if you want to go check that out, go follow my Twitter account on this topic. And I'm going to review some of it here. But uh, before we go into my observations, I want to talk a little bit about how we got here. I grew up in the 1980s. That was a turning point for diets. That was a turning point for uh, many things in our country. Well, in the 1980s, something happened that drastically changed the way Americans ate. Fast food chains exploded. Highly processed foods filled supermarket shelves. Our diets shifted more from whole nutrient-dense foods to convenient foods. But often, they were unhealthy options, or we could say less healthy options. And that led to an increase significantly in obesity rates. While the numbers vary, many historians believe that Joseph Stalin was responsible for more deaths than Adolf Hitler. However, both of these men pale in comparison to the insidious mass murdering of Americans and the world alike through the propaganda promoted by the one and only Ansel Keys. Not sure who Ansel Keys is? Highly recommend you go by and read The Big Fat Surprise by Nina Teicholz. Keys, essentially, to put it in a nutshell, is responsible for changing the majority of how Americans eat and how the government started to promote a diet which to this day has only achieved one thing, a rapid rise in obesity and misinformation about what is truly healthy for people. Take a look at the stats. In the early 1900s, there were not many overweight people and an obese person was extremely rare. In the 1980s, however, that changed, and we have seen a J-curve with a massive rate of doubling ever since. I remember as a kid growing up in the 1980s, what was being told to us and what we should eat? What was a complete breakfast? Food that was included in that complete breakfast was loaded with extra calories via sugar because we were told at that time that we needed to avoid fat. We needed to avoid meat. Meat was horrible, right? I know there are many of you out there listening to this and you went through the same thing. I thought Pop-Tarts were awesome because they were low in fat. Well, think about this. Since the 1980s, food or really food products have become more convenient and loaded with excessive amounts of fats and sugars in order to make us want them more. And this is the major thing I saw at Disneyland. I had to literally stalk a person that was eating a smoked turkey leg to see where they got it. But I could find candy, soda, and any other treat-type food every which way I turn. In fact, there are stores dedicated to sugar. Now, I'm not here to vilify sugar. I'm not here to tell you exactly what to eat, what not to eat. I'm just here giving you some observations and some facts. Is sugar horrible for you? Probably not. If you eat it in moderation, is it going to kill you if you eat small amounts of it? Well, history tells us it's not. But if you eat it in the concentration that the majority of the world does and the majority of Americans do right now, guaranteed it's going to cause some issues. So what were my observations? What did I, as a 47-year-old father who maintains single-digit body fat all year long, see? Well, here's my five takeaways from the happiest place on earth. 
Number one, Wall-E is not a movie. It's real life. I don't know if you've ever seen that Disney movie where everybody is stuck on a pay, on a spaceship and they're obese and being pushed around, staring at a screen. They push a button and they can get whatever type of food, drink, anything just delivered to them. That's real life now. The only difference is we're not on a spaceship that has sleek lines. We're on a spaceship called Earth. And we're flying around through this solar system and in the universe, riding in our little jazzy carts. We're riding in our cars and we're sucking down sodas. And we continue to get more and more convenient and more and more overweight. Second observation, so many people can't even walk or move because they're just too big. My heart broke watching people try to move, seeing people try to get in and out of these rides. The reason they went to Disney was to ride the rides, to see the sights, and they had such a difficult time getting in and out because of their sheer size. It made me so sad. Part of the reason why it made me so sad is over the years, I have had the privilege and opportunity of working with people to help them lose literally hundreds, if not thousands of pounds at this point. Every single person that has gone from being obese and overweight to a healthy, strong, lean body has said the exact same thing to me. I love the way I feel. I didn't realize how bad it was because it had just become the norm. It was shocking and sad to see people moving so poorly and not even being able to move oftentimes and having to ride in a scooter. Third observation, excessive calories are everywhere. Sugar and extra calories are in everything. I picked up a couple of things just to see because I was curious how many calories are in this, how many calories are in that. Oh my gosh. It just gave me a headache to think about the number of calories and the amount of sugar. Certain things that you wouldn't think are sugar-laden had 40-plus grams of sugar in them. I mean, if that's not going to make you feel horrible, I don't know what will. Number four, the best part of the day was when I looked over and saw that person chowing down on a smoked turkey leg. We hunted them down, and my wife, my son-in-law, and I sat at the table and just devoured our Fred Flintstone sized smoked turkey leg. And I felt amazing. Fifth observation, the final one from that day was actually from the next day. I clocked about 26,000 steps that night. We got stuck in traffic for two and a half hours because the great state of California shut down all three lanes and there were only four lanes. And so we got stuck in traffic for two and a half hours. We didn't get back to our hotel until about 3 a.m. And I still got up the next morning, had coffee, bacon, grabbed a workout, and felt like a million bucks. You see, living well means that I don't have to take a day off from fun or activity when I have a long, busy day. Living well, vibrantly, lean, and strong, healthy body, clear mind, enthusiastic spirit, they're all a choice. And they keep me going. And I don't have to sit on the sidelines the next day. 
Let's talk a little bit about our sedentary lifestyles. You see, back in the 1980s, not only did our diets change, but our lifestyles also took a hit. Unlike our ancestors, who were constantly active, we now find ourselves sitting more than ever. Our jobs, technology, modern conveniences, they made us more sedentary, which contributes to the weight gain and overall health issues. Here's some shocking stats. These come from the CDC. Obesity in the United States in 2023 affects 100.1 million adults. That's 41.9% of adults that are affected by obesity in America. And 14.7 million, 19.7% children. And accounts for approximately $147 billion in annual health care costs. Now, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for just a second. $147 billion in annual healthcare costs that are directly tied to obesity. Think about this for just a second. I can't tell you the number of people that have told me over the years, number one, that they don't have the time, and number two, they don't have the money to invest in their body. And yet these same people will go out and drop anywhere between 50 to 70 to 80, $100,000 on a car. Well, I need that car. I need to take it in and get it serviced. I need that car to get around. And yet you won't spend a small amount of money to take care of yourself, to eat well, to go to the gym, to hire a coach to help you to live your best. You see that car if you're like most average Americans, you're going to own it for maybe five years. The body that you're in, hopefully you're going to have for more than 70 or 80. Why not put the money into the thing that will be with you the longest? Now, let's compare those stats. In the 1960s and 70s, only 13% of U.S. adults and 5 to 7% of U.S. children were obese. Let me go back to the beginning. 41.9% of adults today and 13% back in the 60s and 70s. 5 to 7% of children in the U.S. were obese, and now we're at almost 20%. That is a four times increase in the amount of obesity. Now, I'll be honest. I'm not even sure how accurate the CDC is with their reporting. If we've learned anything over the past three years, it's that they hide data that doesn't support a narrative that they want to propagate. So 24 or 42% are obese, not just unhealthy and overweight, but obese. That's a lot. I have seen numbers that put that closer to 50 plus percent obese, put it closer to 70 to 80% overweight and or obese. But if you're obese, that means you're on a fast track. You are on the fast track where many hypokinetic diseases will pop up. But what you don't hear when we talk about the diseases, is just the sheer pain, the challenge, the depression, the frustration, and the limitation that comes from being overweight and obese after working one-on-one -on -one with clients who came to me that were overweight and obese, the one thing I can tell you is not one single person whose life was dramatically changed by dropping fat, gaining muscle, and living a more active lifestyle said, I wish I could go back. Not one single person. In fact, 
I had a client break down crying the other day. For the first time in over two decades, she was able to run. Can you get up from the floor? Probably not. Can you work in your yard easily? Not very well if you're overweight. Can you play in the park with your kids? Maybe, but not for very long. Decide last minute to do an activity or a challenge that would just be fun. Maybe just signing up and going and doing it. No way. You see, when you're overweight or obese, you forfeit so many activities. I'll tell you a story. My last few weeks have been crazy. We have had a literally crazy, busy schedule, busy month. We have been all over the place. One weekend, we were staying at a family home up in the mountains. I looked at Danielle on our first night and I said, hey, I'm getting up and heading to the trail early if you want to come. Her response was, I've got a better idea. Okay, let's go to the lake and paddleboard while the sun comes up. Hmm. Well, you know what we did. We went paddleboarding. Then after the Don Patrol paddleboarding, we had our favorite little breakfast spot, got the best bacon and coffee in the state, and then we went to the trail. That's right. It was now time for the trail run. We hiked, we ran, and we had a great time. Sun on the skin for vitamin D, which helps to boost up testosterone and gets all of our hormones balanced. Time together, connecting on the lake and now in nature on the trail. When we got back to the house, everyone was just starting to get going. It was magical. Fast forward a couple of days. My father-in-law asked if we could help move a couple of pallets of river rock in the yard. 45 minutes later, the rocks were unloaded from the truck. My calves, my quads were burning from pushing the wheelbarrow up and down the steep hill. My back was awake from shoveling the rocks from the truck down into the wheelbarrow, hauling them, dumping them. That afternoon, we got home and I went and hit the gym with my son for a lift. You see, living an active life allows me to pack in amazing experiences, connect with my wife, connect in nature, serve family, and then get some time connecting with my son. Sure, I slept well, but I wasn't exhausted. Fast forward to the next week. We're up at the family condo. And again, we're in the mountains, but we're on the other side of the lake. We're there with Maddie, who you know from a recent episode and who is an Evolve coach. We're there with her and her family because Maddie was competing in the Spartan trifecta. They came to stay with us up there at the family condo. And after a morning workout and a ride on the electric dirt bikes, we went over to see Maddie in the race. She did awesome. And when it was done, I could feel that Danielle was thinking the same thing that I was. I looked at her and I said, uh, they're doing another short race tomorrow, right? Yep, I think so. Want to sign up for one? Yep. Cool. So we found a guy and we signed up. The next morning we started by going and doing a lifting session and then we loaded up and went to beautiful Snow Basin Resort in the gorgeous mountains of Utah. And we played and had a fun time running a Spartan race. Two weekends. Two times to enjoy the area, two times to connect with each other, two times to enjoy nature. The next week we were in Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Now the consequences of our sedentary life are pretty grave. Hypokinetic diseases, which are these conditions, as we talked about, caused by lack of physical activity, they become a major concern. In addition to more 
and more people dying from hypokinetic diseases, our overall lifestyle has become challenged. I know that there are some of you that are listening to this podcast who are not at the health and fitness level that you want to be. You feel the pain. You're living it. But here's the challenge. Whatever we consistently do, we become used to. The pain becomes the new norm. Many of you listen to this podcast have accepted the fact that you hold your breath when you bend over to tie your shoes because it hurts. You've accepted the fact that you have low energy. That has become the new norm. You blame it on age. You blame it on maybe your hormones. You're not sure. And you don't even remember what it was like to have vibrant energy. Sure, you can sit back and you can reminisce, but you don't feel it. You've accepted the fact that you need two wardrobes, your fat clothes and your, quote, kind of skinny clothes. Well, you might have heard that this is all due to age, right? It's not activity, it's age, Steve. That determines your body fat distribution and your accumulation. But the reality is it's more about activity and food intake. I'm here to debunk the myth and to uncover how making the right lifestyle choices can positively impact body composition as we age. Yes, 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 things change with age. I can honestly say that at 47 years old, I've gotten older and I have to be more cautious with some things. I have to spend more time mobilizing. I have to make sure that my sleep is great. I can't eat a dozen donuts and down a Dr. Pepper and see no change in my physique like I did when I was in high school. But at 47 years old, I can also tell you that I have a better life and have friends and colleagues who have a better life because they don't believe in the idea that age changes your body fat. Yes, it's true that many people age, uh, as they age, they get fatter. However, observing the correlation does not mean you've observed a causation. Your life today, if you're overweight and or obese, is filled with more sedentary factors and more food, probably more convenient food and higher calorie food than those of your evolved counterparts. Now, I'm not here to just scare you. I'm not here to shame in any way. But I'm here to give the brutal facts. Why? Because I care. Because you have people in your life that when you start to feel an inkling like you want to make a change that tell you that you look good and it's not that bad and maybe you should just lose five, but, you know, accept yourself and love yourself. I actually love you and I'm here to tell you, you can get in amazing shape. You can live a life of vibrance. And it's all up to you. So now what? Well, now that we've explored the challenges, it's time for some solutions. Here are 10 science-backed tips for men and women in their 40s and beyond to maintain a healthy life, to maintain their fitness while proudly showing off those abs. Number one, focus on a balanced diet, rich in whole foods, but primarily focus on your proteins and fats, minimize carbohydrate intake, and limit the ultra-processed foods. Number two, stay active with a focus on strength training and walking. Do activities that you enjoy. Listen to our recent episode with the one and only Serba Tucker to get some ideas on how to make movement playful. If there's anybody that I know personally that does this on a regular basis, it's Serba. That guy is not only the most creative trainer that I know, but he is a brilliant person at finding ways to play while he's working out. Number three, 
Get plenty of sleep to support hormone regulation and overall well-being. Find the sleep you need and stick with it. Not everyone needs the same amount, so don't just go with the I need eight hours a day. If you're like me, you might need five or six. And that depends on the season. Sometimes you might need less. Sometimes you might need slightly more. Number four, develop the skills to manage stress through mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, things like that, that will help you to put things in perspective and understand that stress can cause hormonal responses that will help you to eat more and gain fat faster than almost anything. But if you want to remain overweight and if you want to remain in that high stress state, skip number four where I, or excuse me, skip number three, where I tell you to get plenty of sleep. The best way to get fat is don't sleep because what happens is when you're not sleeping, you're messing up two critical hormones, leptin and ghrelin. You see, what happens is our hunger satiety balance gets off. We feel more hungry and less satisfied when we are not sleeping on a regular cadence. And so if you want to get fat, keep your sleep in a bad spot. If you want to start to lose body fat, start with managing your lifestyle and getting your sleep under control. Now, number five, hydrate adequately. Water is essential for all optimal bodily functions. Drinking more water will not help you to lose body fat, so let's be clear on that. But hydrating adequately will give you a significant boost in energy, will help you to function well, it'll allow you to exercise and keep moving. Proper hydration is essential for muscle contraction when you're working out. Make sure that you stay well hydrated. In fact, Many people that I work with have digestive issues, and the first thing that we talk about is drinking warm water on a regular basis to help heal the gut and process and get gut motility increased and moving and all of your bowel movements moving better. Number six, limit ultra-processed foods and added sugars in your diet. All food is processed. Not one human being walks out and just grabs a cow and starts eating that cow while it's alive. The cow that's been killed, the cow that's been butchered, the cow that's been cooked is the cow that ends up on your plate. The food that has been picked from the garden and washed and put on your plate has been, quote, processed to a certain degree. Now, more processed foods are foods that have been broken down, bastardized, pulled from the nutrients that they originally started with, and there are other nutrients that are added to it. Those foods tend to be a little bit more harmful over time, and it, they typically have a lot more added sugar into the diet, increasing caloric intake, and causing us to crave more. Proteins, or excuse me, uh, foods that just have sugars and fats in them alone tend to be foods that are less satiating. So if I want to get a lot of food in, all I need to do is eat a bag of potato chips where I've got fat and pro or fat and carbohydrates together with no protein. And it is easy to eat that bag of potato chips without feeling satisfied. Limit the processed foods. They tend to be lower in protein and protein is a massive part of what creates that satiated or satisfied feeling. Number seven, 
One of the most important tips, get up at the same time every day. If you want a balanced hormone profile, don't pick a different time to get up every day. Don't hit snooze. Get up at the same time every day. Any point of evolution in life, not just change, but evolution starts with getting up at the same time every day. I have never in my entire life or career talked to a human being that has become an evolved human being that gets up at different times on different days. Every evolved human gets up at relatively the same time every day. Now, it might not be 4 a.m., it might not be 5 a.m., but it's probably not going to be past 6 if you're an evolved human. Number eight, surround yourself with supportive community and tribe to stay on track, to keep the thoughts in your head, to keep the habits around you that promote health, wellness, and activity. Who you surround yourself with is critical, and this is one of the most important tips to stay fit, lean, and healthy. People with abs tend to be around other people with abs. Number nine, find physical activities, non-exercise type activities that you enjoy to make staying active a fun part of your routine. My wife and I love walking together, but about two years ago, well, I guess maybe it's only a year ago, we were in California, my brother, my sister-in-law, my wife and I were sitting on the couch. They looked at us and said, so you want to go play pickleball? I said, I've never played. Let's go try. We went, we played. Before we made it back to their house, which was about a three-minute walk, I had already gone on Amazon, ordered our pickleball sets, and by the time we got home to Utah, the pickleball was there, and it's become one of our new favorite physical activities. We don't call it exercise. It doesn't supplant our exercise, but it is a physical activity that we absolutely love. We look forward to it, just like we do walking, hiking, and many, many other activities. Finally, number 10, be consistent with your healthy habits. Remember that small changes lead to big results. Don't try to eat the elephant all at once. If you've got 20 pounds to lose, start by picking one of these things. Get up at the same time every day. Do something that is small. Get it to the point where you become automatic, right? At Evolve, we talk about the three phases of evolving. The first phase is initiation. You just start. The second phase is elevation, where you're getting better at doing it. The third phase is automation. Being consistent with your healthy habits means that the initiation phase has to truly be the initiation phase. Just start. Once you've got the habit going, try to improve it. Once you've improved it, you know you're in automation when you don't have to think about it anymore. Now, there you have it, folks. There's our top 10 tips. Our top 10 tips for living a healthy, fit, and abtastic 40-year-old and beyond. Be evolved. Don't go with the masses. Create the movement with me. I want you to go to the happiest place on earth and be the happiest person on earth before, during, and after. And on that note, folks, it's time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Evolve Podcast. I am Steve Cutler, reminding you that it takes time and consistency to evolve. But first, you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app, and if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.